Now is the time to bring new ideas to your industry. And T-Mobile for Business has the advanced 5G solutions to make that happen. We're helping rethink patient-doctor interactions with real-time data sharing. We're tracking carbon with 5G sensors to help fight climate change. We're partnering with cities to connect roadways, cars, and drivers to minimize injuries. Disruptive thinking deserves a disruptive partner. So let's get started on what's next for your business. Step up your innovation at T-Mobile.com slash now. At Morgan Stanley, old school hard work meets bold new thinking. At 88 years old, we still see the world with the wonder of new eyes, helping you discover untapped possibilities and relentlessly working with you to make them real. Old School Grit, New World Ideas, Morgan Stanley. To learn more, visit morganstanley.com slash why us. Investing involves risk. Morgan Stanley Smith Barney, LLC. My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to Kramerica. I'm doing to make friends. I'm just trying to make a little money. My job, not just to entertain, educate, put days and weeks like this in context. So call me at 1-800-743-CBC or tweet me at Jim Kramer. The snap judgment fools, well, guess what? They lost again. All the major banks reported earnings this morning, and with the exception of Citigroup, they were initially pummeled. Sellers panicked out of J.P. Morgan, and they stampeded out of Wells Fargo. But once their conference calls got going, the stocks all roared higher, in some cases dramatically, especially Kramer fave Wells Fargo, contributing to the broader comeback in the averages, with the Dow only gaining 113 points, S&P advancing 0.4%, and the NASDAQ, the home of all the stuff that was getting crushed, up another 0.71%. This rebound for the banks reminds us that earnings season is a time of incredible treachery. Looks like nobody listened to my Jeremiah's. I love that SAT word. Earlier this week about not jumping the gun. Every quarter I make the same argument about how you should wait and do more work before you pull the trigger. But a lot of people remain unconvinced. And I know why. Because they'd be stupid. Why did these highly important bank stocks turn around after being pummeled at the opening? I'll tell you why. Very simple. Things turned out to be better than expected and much better than certainly that the bears were thinking. Like I've been saying for ages, the banks are making a ton of money thanks to the Fed rate hikes, even without any capital markets activity. And the loan losses aren't that bad. Once the conference calls happen, anyone who bothered to do even an ounce of a jigger, a jigger of homework, because they used to own a bar, realized that the consumer's alive and well, just slightly a little more cautious, which is exactly what the Fed's aiming for. If we can get less spending, a little more saving, less inflation, out the utterly wrecking the economy, that's terrific for the stock market, for you and me, for our portfolios, because it means the end of the tightening cycle is in sight. The bias, the ridiculous bias sell, to sell, sell. sell the bank stocks before hearing anything was dead wrong. As has been the case since 2023 got rolling, 
will this era of good feelings hold up to next week? Well, then you know what we have to do? We have to go through our game plan to find out. Yes, because this is the heart of earnings season really beginning. Today was kind of just more of a kickoff. On Monday, we have Martin Luther King Day, so the market's closed. Tuesday, full swing, when both Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley report. Now, we had a press report preview of a potential weakness at Goldman. They tried to get on this mass consumer banking business. I told them not to, mainly credit cards. That's apparently starting to cost them a lot of money. That said, if Goldman could put up good numbers, and we now know all the negatives because of this story that ran, well, I got to tell you something, then it could be just a, it could be rocket fuel. It could rocket higher. It's only selling at 10 times earnings, and these are highly depressed earnings. No way the investment banking business stays bad forever. Eventually, we'll get mergers, although not necessarily with this crew at the FTC. And we'll get IPOs, and that just has to happen because there's so many stacked up. And Goldman will once again, as it did when I worked there, be printing money. Now, even though I am indeed a Goldman alum, I still think the best quarter this time will come from its arch-rival, Morgan Stanley. These guys have moved aggressively into the wealth management business, which is much more consistent than traditional investment banking. I expect, I demand a terrific number. Uh, It'll only get better once mergers and IPOs start happening again. But CEO James Corbin is doing an amazing job, and I think you'll see that when Morgan Stanley reports. Next up, it's the airlines again. American was great this week. Delta was subpar. I think United is going to put up some excellent numbers when it reports Tuesday night. Travel is the last bastion of consumer spending. And United is at the heart of world travel, which is booming. How about Wednesday? We're going to hear from J.B. Hunt. I know I usually don't talk about the truckers, but these guys are really huge. And we know that supply chain and trucking has become the linchpin of the whole nation's problem of commerce. We have to be listening to this for any signs of slowing. Now, J.B. Hunt would know ahead of anyone, and I thought they were a little tepid on that last conference call. It, it sounded like things were starting to roll over. I say commerce is tough to judge, but let the companies judge, uh, judge it for us. We don't need to rely on the government numbers. These guys know more. J.B. Hunt knows more than the Labor Department and the Commerce Department. The metals... Oh, man, they've been going nuts. They're like meme stocks. After years of wandering in the desert, they burst to the scene with huge momentum since the start of 2023. They've become insane stock growers. I got to know more than that. I can't just buy a stock on the base of momentum. And that's why I'm going to list it out co-after close. The aluminum company knows if the metals move is merely a squeeze or the real deal with actual demand, especially from China. Now, while this is a big week for earnings, we can't be oblivious to something that's going to be so... I mean, doesn't everybody know this is going to be horrible? Can't they? Do- yes, that's right. Janet, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen said, government going to run out of money. Going to run out of money likely on Thursday, thanks to that debt ceiling standoff that we seem to like to have every few minutes. It's kind of like a really bad, it's like a, the Halloween movie series. I mean, it's a protracted fight between the Republicans and the Democrats in Congress. Something that's a total distraction from business, even as very much, it very much matters. We don't want the government to run out of money. Hey, let's factor it in by saying these standoffs tend to get resolved, but only after lots of brinksmanship that threatens the stability of the markets and does bring it down, if not attempting to bring down the entire republic. Oh, by the way, it also crushed the defense stocks today, and they will be unsteady until this gets resolved, of which when it does, you want to buy Raytheon Technologies, RTX. We also get housing starts on Thursday, and these numbers are going to be hard to dissect. What do we want? Okay, well, we want a lot of homes to be built because there is indeed a tremendous need for them, but we don't want them to go up in price. We want the home builders to do badly. We want supply to overwhelm demand driving down prices. 
I think housing has become a major problem for the Fed. The sellers haven't panicked yet enough to get home prices down significantly. But the buyers have gone on strike. Who wins? I think we'll know more when we get this number, but I got to tell you who usually wins, the buyers and the sellers panic and break price. Now, I know Thursday's mostly about Washington, but I'd rather focus on a whole other city, Cincinnati, and not just because I think the Bengals are going to win this weekend, because this is the morning that Procter & Gamble, located in the great city of Cincinnati, reports, and I think it's going to be darn good. Procter was hurt by the insanely strong dollar last time, but now the dollar's insanely weaker. They were trying to push through insane price increases to keep up with the insane raw costs. Since then, the price increases have stuck. But the raw costs have come down. Procter might be the perfect headwinds to tailwinds story. We own it from a charitable trust. I'm liking it. So we're going to be all over it for members of the investment club. Yes, at the morning meeting. And then, of course, around two-ish, the home stretch. Remember FANG, that ridiculous acronym I coined a long time ago that's now irrelevant? Well, there's one of these companies that has officially broken out and has gone into Super Bowl mode. And that is Netflix. Now, which is starting to put up some amazing numbers. The secret? It's the slate. It always was about the movies, wasn't it? Or the series, more importantly. While Netflix got tons of new subscribers during the worst parts of the pandemic, they weren't able to produce much new content. Now things have gotten back to normal. Their programming has improved dramatically. And that's causing people to sign up all over the world. I think Netflix could be one of the strongest stories out there for entire, for all of 2023. You know why I'm a big believer in the oil move? If you agree with me, you'll be riveted by a conference call. These guys run a great conference call, and that's SLB. I know they changed the name. It used to be Schlumberger. Now it's SLB. Okay, same company. This oil service team is so rigorous and honest that when things were bad, they told you. I mean, most people, when things are bad, they do like what Disney did, tell you about some movie they liked. Right now, though, these guys are doing incredibly well. SLB will tell us where the new finds are. They will play with an open hand. I bet you they give you a little uh, update on Russia, too. Prep yourself for next week. It's one of the two busiest weeks of earnings season, but it's not. Well, you know what? Actually, there's a third. There's three really big weeks, but this one really does start everything that makes it so that we're going to be up late at night studying these stories. Bottom line, we told club members the fantastic breadth of this market has us believing that things are a little better than we thought by this time. And the intraday losses like we had with the banks that turned into buys, not sells, were darn good. But if we get too much speculation, which we'll talk about in a moment, that could hurt us. What a difference a year makes. Then again, last year was so bad that as we annualize those numbers, we'll have a reason to stay bullish and do some buying. Because if the banks are any indication, then negativity just doesn't jive with the reality. And that's a very positive scenario for the bulls. Bye, bye, bye. Indeed. Let's go to Hunter. Hunter. In Maryland. Hunter. Hey, Jim. I wanted to give a booyah to you from Mr. Marx's business class. And the stock I'm wondering about is Raytheon Technology Corp. Mr. Marx's business class is rocking. I'm going to give you booyah right back at you. All right. RTX got caught up in the overall what I regard as being budget crisis. When meantime, they've got unbelievable aerospace. Greg Hayes is doing a great job. And I think it is a buy, buy, buy. And I'd buy it, but I would not buy it till Thursday when we get that budget, budget ceiling. And then Mr. Marx's class should buy pool together, kind of like a lottery ticket and buy 100 shares. OK, now we have to remember that last year was bad, <laughs> really hard. So as we annualize those numbers, we have a little bit more reason to stay bullish, and we certainly had to like the action today. On Mad Money tonight, 
You called in and stopped me on Matter, M-A-T-I-V. What a, what a name. So tonight I'm turning in my homework on the performance materials company that you've never heard of to see if it could have any material impact on your portfolio. Then the meme mania is back in Bed Bath & Beyond and Carvana. If the catching fire this year, could this be a red flag? Oh, who the heck knows? But I will tell you this. It is one dangerous game. And does your portfolio have what it takes to handle whatever the market throws at it? Tonight, we're playing MI Diversified. See if your top holdings can pass the test. So stay with Kramer. Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag Mad Tweets. Send Jim an email to madmoney at cnbc.com or give us a call at 1-800-743-CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com. Looking for a rewarding, life-changing opportunity that enhances the lives of children in your community? With almost 50 years of experience, Huntington Learning Center is the nation's leading K-12 tutoring and test prep franchise dedicated to shaping brighter futures for our students and franchisees. Huntington is the top revenue-producing supplemental education franchise in the U.S., and our proven system is the key to success for you and your students. The Huntington Advantage includes low startup cost, turnkey systems, dedicated support teams, national and local marketing support, and multiple revenue streams to help you build a life-enriching and profitable business. No education experience needed. In today's environment, the need for tutoring has never been greater. When you become part of Huntington Learning Center, you're filling an urgent need in the growing $5 billion supplemental education industry. To learn more, visit HuntingtonFranchise.com. Make a meaningful difference, pursue your dreams of business ownership, and be a positive force in your community. Don't wait. Visit HuntingtonFranchise.com today. It's a new year. This is the same mad money with the same traditions, including taking calls from our viewers every night. Talk about the stocks they're interested in. When I get a question I don't really know the answer to, I circle back, give you a more considered response. No cuffing on mad money. So tonight I want to clean up the last homework item from last year. On December 23rd, during our last show of the year, we got a call from David in Iowa about Mativ Holdings, M-A-T-I-V. That's a small specialty materials company that I wasn't familiar with. I told David I'd get back to him, and now that I've got taken a closer look, i got to tell you, I'm pretty impressed. I think there's something here. For over a year now, I've told you that this market likes, and we like, companies that make real things, provide real services, add a profit, return some of those profits to shareholders via dividends and buybacks. At the same time, they're only worth, worth owning if the stocks also trade at a reasonable valuation. Matt of Holdings passes every single one of those tests. This is a company that makes a range of engineered solutions and critical components. They've got two main divisions. There's advanced technical materials and fiber-based solutions with products for everything from healthcare to filtration, sustainable packaging. Now, I didn't recognize Madoff. You know why? Because it's a new name. It was created last year when the old SWM merged with Nina. And both these companies were previously spun off by Kimberly Clark. SWM made all sorts of performance materials out of resins and fibers. I've known them for years. Nina was all about filtration, media, specialty coatings, engineering materials, and packaging. Kimberly Clark would be more of a pure play. 
The idea here was to join forces and create a specialty materials company with more heft, while also racking up $65 million in cost synergies. Small company, that does a lot. Of course, the problem with specialty materials and packaging companies is that these tend to be cyclical businesses, somewhat cyclical, not as much as, say, old-fashioned paper, but they do rise and fall with the broader economy. Right now, the broader economy is failing. As we're worried about a Fed-mandated slowdown. And that's why the stock got pulverized last year, both before and after the deal closed. Madoff had another leg lower last November when it reported its first quarter as a combined company. Management tried to spin it as a positive, highlighting their 12% organic sales growth on a constant currency basis, telling us they were ahead of schedule in achieving their cost, uh, uh, their cost synergy uh, forecasts. But Madoff's sales and earnings both came in weaker than expected. Sell, sell, sell. Worse, they gave us a discouraging forecast for the next quarter. CEO Julie Shirtel, who is invited to the show right now, right here, blamed a strong dollar, a weaker economic backdrop, and rising energy costs in Europe. That said, Madoff's stock bottomed at 18 bucks and change a few days after that disappointing quarter. And you know what? It's right back up to 21 and change when David and Iowa asked about it right before Christmas. Since then, the stocks roared higher. Just since the beginning of 2023, we know it's been a crazy year already. It's up more than 20%, taking the stock to $25 and change, right around its highest level since the Nina merger in early July. This is part of a broader move in the material space, driven by the fact that the Fed seems to be making real progress in the fight against inflation, which means they might be able to stop tightening sooner than expected. You know, that's the theme of the whole week. If Jay Powell can engineer a soft landing for the economy, you know I think he can. That's great news for all these extremely cyclical material plays. Of course, I've been telling you that a recession definitely wasn't inevitable for ages. But now at least some of Wall Street's coming around to my idea. And if we don't have a recession, there's no need for money managers to dump their materials holdings. Hence why this stock is going higher. Plus, on Wednesday, CEO Julie Chartel made a presentation at CJS Securities New Ideas for the New Year Conference. I like that. And she gave you a lot of good color on the business. She talked about the strength and profitability of Mad of Zen Markets, but more importantly, she highlighted something that a lot of people didn't realize because they thought it was so cyclical. She highlighted the resilience of the portfolio even in a downturn. According to Shirtel, roughly 60-60% of her business is recession-resistant, led by filtration, silicon release liners, and protective solutions. She also outlined the logic behind the SWM Nina merger that created Madam. For example, in water filtration, she explained that both companies serve many of the same customers, but they made different components for each filtration device. Basically, they're in the same business, but not as direct competitors. So joining forces gives them more bargaining power with their customers. She also mentioned the possibility of strategic portfolio actions that were impossible for the two smaller companies. Translation, maybe some acquisitions on the horizon. Now, okay, what, what's, what's keeping this one back? I mean, since it started, I'll tell you what. It's not a super exciting story. It's not a data dog. It's not a MongoDB. It's not a Monday, a billing, you know, all that stuff that crush you. But in the current environment, I don't want excitement. I want kind of a good story that makes money. Plus, even though Madoff's run up 20% in the last two weeks, stock still sells for just eight times this year's earnings estimates, making it much cheaper than its peers. Think Westrock or international paper. Same time, Madoff's got an incredibly generous dividend, much better than the other guy. It yields 6.3%. Honestly, 
My one concern is that when I see such a low price to earnings multiple and coupled with such a high yield, it tells me that many money managers don't believe that Madoff can meet the earnings estimates. They also don't have much faith in the dividend. Otherwise, the stock would be substantially higher. So where do I come down on this one? Look, it depends on how you feel about the economy. Hey, look, if you, if you think a recession is inevitable, Madoff's not for you. Even if 60% of the revenue is re- recession-resistant, the other 40% is highly sensitive to the swings in the broader economy, which means the stock could get clobbered in a severe downturn. But if you think we're looking at a soft landing, like I do, then Madoff is definitely worth owning. Kind of really terrific niche company, though I'm always hesitant to recommend anything after this kind of powerful short-term run. Let me give you the bottom line. If you're feeling sanguine about the economy, you got my blessing to own Madoff. Maybe you wait for a better buying opportunity. This market's gotten a little bit overbought, so the next time some data point or maybe some regional Fed president's comments revive our recession fears or talk about how we're going to have to raise rates to 6%, maybe it's time to pounce. Overall, though, I tell you, this matters a solid story. I just wish I had known about it and was able to address it before this monster run. Matter. thank you very much. Our viewers know so much. Bad Money's back in. Coming up. Who put the rally caps on early in 2023? Kramer cracks into some fast movers next. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Demand for energy is projected to continue rising in the future. To help keep up, Chevron is increasing their U.S. oil and gas production. And they're innovating to help do it responsibly across their operations, including their Gulf of Mexico facilities, which are some of the world's lowest carbon intensity operations, helping supply energy that's affordable, reliable, and ever cleaner. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash meeting demand. Now is the time to bring new ideas to your industry. And T-Mobile for Business has the advanced 5G solutions to make that happen. We're helping rethink patient-doctor interactions with real-time data sharing. We're tracking carbon with 5G sensors to help fight climate change. We're partnering with cities to connect roadways, cars, and drivers to minimize injuries. Disruptive thinking deserves a disruptive partner. So let's get started on what's next for your business. Step up your innovation at T-Mobile.com slash now. good start for 2023, but we always have to ask, is it too good? I never want to complain about higher stock prices, but as we move into the real meat of earnings season, I think the forecast for some companies might turn out to be a little more discouraging than ones we got today. At the same time, according to the S&P short-range oscillator that I follow religiously, the market has become very overbought. Anything above five means stocks could have, let's say, gone up too far too fast. And right now we're at eight which makes a pullback seem pretty much inevitable. Even if that pullback might, pullback might be end up being a buy, 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 the buyable kind. But what bothers me most about this January so far is that we're seeing the return of rank speculation in the lowest quality stocks out there, the stocks of companies that are probably about to go bankrupt or certainly could if the economy keeps weakening. Specifically until today, we've witnessed voracious one-way buying in Bed Bath and Beyond and Carvana, two big short squeezes just since the beginning of the year. They are now up 46% and 48% respectively. For me, honestly, this is a huge red flag. 
Uh-oh, honestly, I wish I'd made more time. Whoa, I'd made time for this story last night because Bed Bath stock collapsed 30% today on rumors that they might sell their decent asset, like Bye Bye Baby, to a private equity firm as part of a bankruptcy process. Carvana, on the other hand, fell 12% today. So both of them, you know, didn't, would have been better yesterday. What can I say? It, I, but the decline should have been predictable. Bed Bath and Carvana become meme stocks. And aside from that first wave with GameStop and AMC back in early 2021, you almost always get burned buying the meme stocks after they spike. You got to be there early. You know that. You got to get the call, so to speak, in that phoniness. And look, you needed to be in there with Bed Bath when it dashed to 23 before falling to a buck and a quarter last August. And it also tends to be a bad, broader sign. Why? Because speculation is an anathema to solid investing. When a meme stock goes bust, we call it the meme stock hangover. More importantly, even if you want to play this game, it's never a good idea to buy the stocks of companies that do seem to be destined for bankruptcy. Sure, I know it worked with Hertz. That inspired a lot of people. That was a few years ago, but Hertz had been killed by COVID lockdowns. Ultimately, the business came back when the lockdowns went away and used cars soared in value. At the same time, we were in a benign environment where the Fed was very much your friend back then. Right now, the Fed's no friend of yours, not a friend of mine. If you own stocks, the Fed's your enemy. They want to stamp out inflation, which includes rampant speculation in borderline worthless securities. Because, oh, by the way, in crypto, too, they're not crazy. Believe me, when crypto goes up like it did this week, they're not crazy about it at all. But let's do this. Let's stick with these two. Let's walk through and see what happens. First, when you see the memesters push up a not-so-hot stock up nearly 50% in just two weeks, that should make you a little nervous. Almost every time we've had one of these meme stock minis where home gamers work together to lift up highly shorted stocks, engineers short squeeze, it has led to a broader sell-off in the market, particularly in the Nasdaq. Now, we've talked about this before. I think these meme stock manias send money managers scrambling to the sidelines because it makes them feel like the inmates are running the asylum. We've had seven of these meme stock hangovers in the last couple of years, and on average, the Nasdaq has tumbled nearly 14% in response. By the way, the last time I warned you about this was in late August when that Bed Bath & Beyond was the meme stock du jour right before the whole market collapsed. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen again. In fact, I don't think it will. There's too many good things happening, but it's not a good sign. Second, when it comes to Carvana and Bed Bath & Beyond specifically, paying up for either of these stocks, I think is nuts. Bed Bath's been struggling for years, but lately things have gotten so bad that a week and a half ago, the company pre-announced some hideously weak sales, and, and, and for, for the three months ending last November, they delivered $1.26 billion in revenues uh, when Wall Street was looking for $1.4 billion. $1.2 versus $1.4. Worse earnings side. They racked up a huge loss, $385 million dollars. More importantly, in an accompanying regulatory filing, Bed Bath disclosed that, and I'm going to quote here, there is a substantial doubt about the company's ability to continue as a going concern because it's almost out of money. Now, this is code, people. It's a kind of language that often predates a bankruptcy filing. And sure enough, we got more detailed information just today that suggests the bankruptcy is highly likely. Hence, the 30% decline in today's session. Hey, believe me, this, these people, the memesters, they tried to keep it going. But when we heard about this new news, they could not do it. Because in the end, these things fall from their own weight. As is for Kavana, the crisis is less immediate. There's no going concern language there. 
at least not yet. But I regard it as a pretty precarious situation. And that's because late last year, there was some reporting that Carvana's top creditors have formed a pact in order to work together in the event of a bankruptcy. We also heard the companies talking to lawyers and bankers about potentially restructuring its debt. Again, these are things that you tend to see ahead of a bankruptcy filing. No guaranteeing there will be one in Carvana. But there's a reason the stock has plummeted from north of 300 in the summer of 2021 down to three and change that it slows last month before they got the short squeeze going. The used car market has deteriorated dramatically, and Carvana's a long way from being profitable. In the old days, they could sell stocks to fund the, the business because the stock was still high enough. That's much harder to do when you're in the single digits. It's just not, I don't see a lot of ways out for them, but there are, there's a lot of ways to skin a cat when your company's in trouble. Yet this week, Bed Bath & Beyond and Carvana have soared higher. Even after the substantial pullbacks today, Bed Bath was up 300% for the week. Carvana was up 82% before they collapsed today. This is an extremely risky game, people. I'm obviously trying to keep you from doing this stuff. In the event of bankruptcy, most of the time, the, stocks, uh, the stock owners get completely wiped out. The existing common stock goes to zero, and the bondholders divvy up the assets or end up owning equity in the reorganized company, and you get nothing. If you buy Bed Bath or Carvana, there is a high chance that you will lose your entire investment. Now, there are occasions where it doesn't. In May of 2020, Hertz filed for bankruptcy. Then investors started bidding up the stock. It only rallied up more than 14, 1,400%. They even tried to do a secondary offering to raise money at that point. Not long after, Hertz ended up getting delisted, making the buyers look not so smart. But then in the spring of 2021, something funny happened. The bankrupt Hertz got bought by a pair of private equity firms, and the deal included a highly unusual payout to the regular shareholders who got roughly $8 per share in cash and stock in the reorganized company. If you bought Hertz in the spring of 2020, whether you paid $0.40 at the uh, the lows or $6 into the spike, you actually ultimately got whole and then some. You possibly made it like a bandit. And that has created a lot of, I hope it's Hertz, I hope it's Hertz, I hope it hurts. But the Hertz situation has nothing in common with Bed Bath or Carvana. Hertz was driven to bankruptcy by the COVID lockdowns. Once the company was emerging from bankruptcy, roughly a year later, their business had already bounced back. At the same time, we had a gigantic used car shortage, and this company was sitting on an ocean of used cars. In short, Hertz became a heck of a lot more valuable during the pandemic, to the point where there was a bidding war to take it out of bankruptcy. Highly, again, unusual. Bed Bath and Carvana are both plagued by serious long-term problems. More importantly, unlike the Hertz situation, they haven't actually filed for bankruptcy yet. At this point, there are only two ways to win if you buy these. One, Bed Bath and Carvana avoid bankruptcy, maybe by taking advantage of this newfound enthusiasm and sell some stock to the mean crowd, though that's a tall order. The other way to win is they declare bankruptcy, but the common stockholders somehow get a piece of the reorganized entity like in Hertz. But again, that's an unlikely possibility, but not impossible. Carvana's got some valuable land, and Bed Bath has bye-bye, which the private equity companies might want because it makes money. Here's the bottom line. The meme stock feeding frenzy in Carvana and Bed Bath is a sign that I don't like, a sign of speculation. And we need to see speculation run its course, or the January rally will be a lot more harrowing than it a little more, more 2022 than 2023. Frankly, speculating in companies that seem headed for bankruptcy is a dangerous game, people. It's simply not worth playing. If you own either of them, you know what? It's still not too late to. And find something with a better bottom line and move on, please. Let's go to Brian in my old home state of Pennsylvania. Brian. Booyah, Jim. 
First thing I wanted to Boy say yeah, is Brian. go Birds. Go Birds! <laughs> hey, my question is about Under Armour and whether or not you think it's a good buy. The new CEO, the new CEO has built uh, the, Bonvoy, the Bonvoy platform for Marriott into 175 million users. And I just want to know if you think she'll be able to help Under Armour grow into a competitive market with the likes of uh, Nike and Adidas and Lululemon. Well, okay, and well, then, I, uh, I had, you know, I had for a long time disliked Under Armour, but I have now warmed up to it because of exactly what you mentioned, the change in the CEO. I've always liked Kevin Platt because he's a competitor. I think you're right to do Under Armour, but remember, it's up against Nike, and that's a very hard competitor to beat. Let's go to Matt in North Carolina. Matt! Hey, thank you, Counselor, for taking my call. No problem. What's going on? Well, the stock I'm looking at, it, you know, it's been in a slump for about five years. You know, it's got a P.E. of 11. It beats earnings. It makes money without a whole lot of debt. You know, is now a good time to buy 3M with all the litigation going on? Well, 3M, I'm going to throw the yellow flag. Why the yellow flag? Because the litigation is not just for PFAS, which are these chemicals that are almost impossible to ever get rid of, and that's groundwater problems, but also because of the combat arms situation that many, many veterans have gotten tinnitus and other hearing problems from what they think was a 3M problem. That's two litigation. If it was just one, I would stand behind it. But two, too tough for this guy. The meme stock feeding frenzy in Carvana and Bed Bath & Beyond is not something I like to see. Speculating in companies that could be headed for bankruptcy, I find is a dangerous game that I don't want you playing. Much more made money ahead, including America's favorite game, MI Diversified. And looking for a company that embraces shareholder democracy? I'll reveal the name of one key financial that I think is worth looking at. And, of course, all your calls rapid fire in tonight's edition of the Lightning Round. So stay with Kramer. Market's been rallying big time all week, especially the speculative stocks. But if the past year has taught us anything, so we got to be prepared for everything, and things can change from the dime. The best way you can be certain you can withstand these potential downturns is to have a well-balanced portfolio. And that's why we're playing, yes, MI Diversified. This is where you call me. You tell me your top five holdings. I tell you if your portfolio is diversified enough. Hey, maybe you need to mix it up a little. Let's start with Rachel in Florida. Rachel. Hi, Jim. I love your show. Thank you for taking my call. I'm also a club member. My five stock picks are Apple, Disney, FTI Consulting, Franco Nevada, and J&J. Am I diversified? Wow, very, very interesting. And uh, I want to thank her, of course, for being a, a uh, club member, which is fantastic. Um, consultant company, let's say, with some tech. Uh, Franco Nevada, gold company that is just doing incredibly well. J&J Drug Company, Disney Entertainment, and Apple own it, don't trade it. And someone the other day was saying something about how like they're like second, they're first in everything. They're fantastic. So I've got a, a, I've got a, a great pastiche of tech, entertainment, consulting, gold, and drug. And I'm going to say fantastic. A lot of those are, are indeed names from the Chapel Trust. Fantastic work. Now, let's go to... Um, that's Rachel's portfolio. Let's go to Trey in Texas. Trey. Jim, it's Trey in Texas. Thanks for taking my call. So I got five stocks for you today. 
one of which I know you're not a big fan of, but they are as follows, Palantir, Snowflake, Data Dog, Sweet Green, and of course, Wingstop. Am I diversified? Wow, uh, no. Um, well, first of all, Palantir, you're absolutely right. It's a, it's a, a contractor, a defense contractor, and I think it's a terrible company, okay? Just terrible, and the guy who runs is belligerent. Snowflake is Frank Slootman, who is an amazing guy. It's renting the cloud, which I think is fantastic. Wingstop and Sweet Green are both re- are both restaurant chains, so we can't do that. Data Dog has to be an excellent company. I like MongoDB, and I like Data Dog. Data Dog, can, let's say that's a way to be able to code better. This is a, uh, but these are both tech, so we can't even have that. Oh my God. We have to like throw in those sweet green had a terrible quarter. I, I don't even know. I mean, this is like, I, like do not resuscitate portfolio here. But we'll keep Wingstop. We'll keep Snowflake. We're gonna and we'll keep Data Dog. We're gonna say that that's different enough because it's more uh, coding than this. It, we'll call this cloud. We'll get rid of Sweet Green. We'll put in United Health. We'll get rid of Palantir and we'll put in. Uh, Raytheon Technologies. I didn't like the downgrade today. I thought it was fatuous. Those are the, you know, that's the, that's a tourniquet trade. I don't know what to do. It needed, that thing needed radical, radical, beyond my pay grade. Next up, we're taking a call from Mandy in Maryland. Mandy. Hi, Jim. Thank you for taking my call. Happy New Year to you and your crew. A long-time fan. Love your show. Thank I you. was wondering if I'm diversified. Here are five okay. my stocks. All right. AU, SRE, FND, Google, and Palo Alto. Am I diversified? Thank you. Okay. Um, I actually like this portfolio. I think it's going to be disturbing to some people because Florida decor is so housing related, but it's good retailers doing well. Semper is actually one of my absolute favorite, not just utility, but also liquefied natural gas. You know, I'm a big gold fan. I always have been. It's finally coming back my way. I do prefer, by the way, Barrick to that one. And then Palo Alto is the finest cybersecurity company in Cash Aurora. So uh, is cybersecurity the same as Google? I'm going to say no. I've said it because we discovered this is an advertising company. This is a cybersecurity company. It's a retailer. It's a, uh, let's call it utility and gold. That is perfect. And thank you for the very kind comments about our staff and what you're up to. Hey, why don't we take another video call? This time from Brenda in North Carolina. Brenda. Hey, Kramer. Thanks for letting me be on your show today. I'm calling in today for my son, Stacy Dellinger, who is at work. His top five stocks are Duke, Apple, Procter & Gamble, UPS, and Coke. Please let Stacy know whether he's diversified. Thank you. Well, well just, uh, Brenda, thank you so much for that call. This is really fabulous. Duke Energy, one of my favorite utilities. Good yield. Apple, own it, don't trade. It's fantastic. Procter & Gamble reports this week on Thursday. Remember, we got the... Uh, uh, the Fed, we got the, there's going to be a debt ceiling problem. It's going to be the same day, so we have to be careful. Coca-Cola, some say it would be too much like Procter. I'm saying it's a liquid company, and that is an overall consumer product, good company. And UPS, I'm worried about the strike coming up. I do prefer FedEx, but this is transport. This is utility. This is uh, tech. This is consumer product, and this is beverage. And I think that's a terrific portfolio, and I salute all of our players. Uh, because they've all got pretty darn good portfolios, except for this sweet green person who's got to do a little bit of work, like maybe Tuesday morning. Man Money's back in the break. Coming up, 
Kramer wants to hear from you. Your calls on the thunderous lightning round. Next. Are you ready, Ski Daddy? Time for the lightning Christmas. I'm going to start with Yuko in Michigan. Yuko. Hey, Jim Booyah. It's uh, Uko from Michigan. Uh, I just had a How question you doing? On the stock CM- I'm doing good. How about you? Uh, I just had a question on the stock CMRE. They recently bought some dry bulk vessels, and the fundamentals seem pretty good. Uh, I, I know, but I don't like vessels. container ship business, and the rates are falling. I'm not going to say buy that. I can't give you the heads up, even though I like how nice you were. Let's go to Tim in Alabama. Tim. Yes, sir, Jim. I am a member of the club. Thanks for taking my call. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I have. What's up? I have learned a lot. I found a company that makes a profit, returns forth of it to their shareholders through a dividend of almost 5%. What can you tell me about LAMR, Lamar Outdoor Advertising? Unfortunately, they are in advertising. I like everything you said about it, except for the fact that they are in a business that is in a serious recession right now. So I am going to have to say no to that, even though I like the fact that you remember the club. You've obviously done homework. Steve in Colorado. Steve Rooney. Hey, Jim. Thanks for taking my call. Of course. Hey, love um, it. What's I've up? Looking, yeah, I've been looking at uh, value stocks. Everybody says put your money in value stocks. I'm looking at ocean shipping. The PEs are two to three. Dividends are ten to thirty percent. I know, but these are ephemeral stocks. They are ephemeral. They are. They are Roman candles. They burn out, and then they lose people money. I've been against them ever since one. I'm not even going to pick on the one. I don't like I don't like ocean carriers. Any ocean carriers. It doesn't matter which one. Let's go to that includes. I'm not kidding. Dry bulk. I've got ocean carriers all week. I don't like them. Let's go to Megan in Missouri. Megan. Thanks for taking my call, Jim. Already up over 200% in the last year. Is it too late to buy TRMD? Yes. It's a product tanker. That's not an ocean tanker. It's a product tanker. People love the tankers because they look so compelling. That one's moved. The train has left. The, 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 the boat has left the station. Let's go to Kyle in Georgia. Kyle. Hey, Jim. Thanks for taking my call. Of course. So... I've worked with a piece of technology. It's called a SIM. Uh, it's a sticky product. Um, I have a lot of confidence in the technology itself, but I've lost okay. a lot of money on the stock so far. It's called Ooh. Splunk. Should I sell right, now, it? There is a, no, it? we got a new sheriff in town with Splunk. We got Gary Steele. We know Gary Steele on this show as being a money maker. So we're going to bet with him for now that he's going to pivot and make money for the company and therefore make money for the shareholders. So we are betting with, not against, Splunk. I want to take another, if you don't mind. I'm looking at James in South Dakota. James. First time caller, Jim, member of the investment club. Open thank for you. a Eagle Super Bowl. And uh, oh, my question you. is, uh, TSM, Taiwan Semi, just wondering, what do you look for before you take your profit versus letting uh, stocks run? Okay, Taiwan Semi is just a very, very good company. The only thing that stands in the way of me and Taiwan Semi is actually the Chinese. 
because I'm worried about the island of Taiwan. But you just let that one run. It's inexpensive and it's terrific at what it does. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the conclusion of the Lightning Round. The Lightning Round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, Viva Shareholder Democracy. This company giving investors a voice may surprise you. Next. If you love shareholder democracy, you'll love the stock of BlackRock, too. This morning, we spoke to the CEO, Larry Fink, and he explained how it's never been easier for individual investors to vote on provisions or proxy fights, like the new Nelson Peltz versus Disney competition. But people just don't take advantage of it. Awareness about shareholder democracy is very low in this country, despite the fact that BlackRock's bent over backwards to get the word out and give people a chance to state their preferences. And you can do it even if you own the stock through one of their ETFs. You want companies that care tremendously about climate change? You can have a fund that suits that. BlackRock offers you all sorts of ways to make your voice known. This is an incredibly important and recent development. Unfortunately, there's a widespread sense that shareholder democracy is a joke and your vote simply doesn't matter especially if you're investing in an index fund. And if something bad happens at the business, I mean, who cares? You know what people do. Sell, sell, sell. But this drives me nuts because the shareholders are supposed to be calling the shots. You own the company. You can have your voice known. That's huge. And CEO Larry Fink has done more to champion shareholder democracy than anyone in the world. Plus, if you want to let BlackRock be your steward, they can make judgments for you on corporate governance, diversity, inclusion, climate risk, and they can do it better than anyone I know. It's never been this good, yet too few people know it. Some of this is because the technology has improved to the point where it's easy for them to let you vote on this stuff, even through an ETF, and that's brand new. Some of it's because BlackRock has pushed and pushed for corporate accountability. Some of it, by the way, the government still stands in the way of. We've got to try to change that. Does it really matter, though? I say yes. Well, let's use a, a life living example. Let, let's, let's take the case of Nelson Peltz, the storied activist investor who wants to be on the board of Disney after years of the company's mismanagement. Peltz is engaged in a proxy fight to make it happen. He wants to join the board. When you look at what BlackRock cares about, you see corporate governments and you see accountability right up front as the values they use to determine whether or not to recommend voting for directors or prospective directors like Pels. I think Disney's shown little accountability. It seems the board of directors has had very little oversight, dramatically failing in its role as a good steward of your capital. The Disney board fits every criteria of a board that's been way too laissez-faire and too negligent. That has to end. The compensation the executives have received is obscene versus the amount of capital they've destroyed. A vote for, a vote for Peltz might demonstrate that Disney must be held re- responsible for its irresponsibility, which includes paying people obscenely for very bad decisions. Why does this matter so much? Because BlackRock is the second largest shareholder of Disney with 115 million shares, although nearly all of it via their ETFs. The company could be on autopilot just owning the stock and reflexively voting with magic, but that's not what BlackRock does. BlackRock sees their role as defenders of your capital. They'll actually evaluate and make the most informed decision. 
We want individual shareholder democracy in this country. We own Disney for the charitable trust, and I'm going to vote those shares with pelts against Disney. Now, my vote won't mean that much at all, but BlackRock's will. So who it votes for is incredibly important. Democracy anchored by informed voters is the best way for capitalism to prevail in this country, and prevail it will. That's why BlackRock is the best at what it does. No wonder, as Larry Fink proclaimed today on Squawk on the Street, the stock's giving you a 7,000% total return since it came public in October of 1999. The best performer of all financials during that period. It deserves the accolades. And frankly, it just doesn't get enough of them. I like to say there's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to try to find it just for you right here on Mad Money. I'm Jim Cramer. See you next time. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.